helpful. So, hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Chatter. Uh, today I'm delighted to be joined by the people who are making loads of noise outside as soon as we hit record. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Esther Kreku as well, uh, writer and broadcaster. Esther, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, round two. I know. How exciting. I, I, I've never been invited back for a podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah. Never. Maybe because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm dangerous. They never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Uh, well, I mean, that makes it entertaining, right? Uh, I don't know. Huh, I don't know. Isn't that what people used to tune in? Tune what, for the TV danger for? of not yeah. knowing what to expect. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's why no one watches any of those late night, like, talk shows, especially in America, because it's the most predictable and trash. formulaic. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, American telly has so many short shortcomings um but i'm sure that's one of them yeah definitely anyway so uh the reason i asked you back is because mm. um when we first spoke i said that i wanted to have you back on to talk about religion yeah uh, which is weird because i'm not a vicar or anything of the sort no but i mean we we, we talked it we sort of touched on it briefly yeah. last time and i don't know i feel like it's almost a conversation you can't have with people who are on the like left yeah because it's almost like you'd be ridiculed for um discussing the idea that it might be like good for a society mm. or you know even just healthy for people generally and so like what why do you think that is or am i just completely making that up I think it has become a, a tad ta like almost a taboo subject and i feel like this is almost uniquely british thing i mean you know british culture is very much kind of being composed, stiff upper lip. You don't really mix the personal with the the the, the public life in a way. You know things, the things that are very strictly, uh, I suppose, relegated to the the personal domain. So, for instance, I often say that, um, and I don't know how many people know this, but Tony Blair, for instance, is a deeply religious man, deeply religious. Yeah, he's 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 um, he's a devout Christian, and I don't remember who it was in his administration, but they said that you know that's not something that. You, you talk about right that's not something that you ever you know speak about or, and and it made me think actually how many of our, our politicians are actually deeply religious and open about it you know open about how their faith influences their their policy views and um how they you know go about their daily lives i mean this is a man in tony blair's case that effectively took us to war in iraq right it would have been interesting to understand how his religious convictions influenced that decision i remember i saw one interview of him saying that um the night before um, he basically uh, greenlit the invasion, he prayed about it. And I think that's the only interview I've ever seen him talk about anything to do with his faith. Um, and I just, I, I find it curious, why why don't we talk about it? I mean, the, the fervor with which we discuss literally everything else, <laughs> I find it interesting there are certain topics that are just kind of, either they say it's settled, so it's not, not necessary to talk about, which is very foreign to English, like sort of, tradition of actually debating stuff in an open forum it's, I, I mean I, I know when I hear someone saying something is settled it's a cop out right because that's not really it's not even English tradition we always debate things openly um, but you know the, 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 the fervor with which they would talk about I mean look at when Philip Schofield came out as gay on TV and I, and I remember saying what about his wife of 20 something odd years who will probably be heartbroken and felt betrayed but everyone lauded him as this kind of you know like this hero and it was such a huge moment and I, th I thought, okay, so we can talk about that. You can talk about people's sexuality, particularly their homosexuality with such religious zeal and fervor, but we can't talk about someone's religious convictions or, um, you know, talking about 
I don't know, topics like abortion or whatever, because they feel like you'll tread into the religious domain. And it's like, it's settled, right? So we don't, I just, I find it very strange. I mean, I, I'm someone that's very curious. So I'd like to understand all aspects of, um, I suppose, spiritual um, life. Uh, and I, I feel like there's not, uh, for some reason, the UK's, our culture really shies away from that. I mean, I find it very weird when someone asks you, are you religious? Like, what the hell does that mean? Such a lazy question. You could be religious about anything. You could be religious about food. I mean, I, Heston Blumenthal is certainly religious about food, right? That's why he's built such a successful career. You can be religious about ballet like me. You can be religious about so many things. I feel like when people say that, ask you, are you religious? It's It's a kind of it's a question to sort of box you in and to t kind of relegate you into a certain zone. So if you ask about what, then the conversation becomes a bit more complicated. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, well, so do you think that when they're asking that question, they're trying to like box you into, because religion itself is like quite associated, especially in, I don't know, the West, or at mm. least within the UK, I'd say it's like, quite associated with like Christian nationalism mm. in a sense. Like if you're asking someone if they're religious. Is that is that what it is really, Krishna? Because I think, I think if you ask, you wouldn't ask a Muslim, a particular Muslim woman in a hijab, you wouldn't ask her if she's religious. Yeah, Clearly she's religious, say, you know what right? I mean? <laughs> so I think, I guess, I guess to an extent that's true. I, I don't, I've never, I've never really, I've always been curious as to why. And I think it's something that it's almost a reluctance because we talk about maybe this is my theory because we talk about how diversity is our strength and tolerance this and tolerance that i feel like people ask the question are you religious as a way to know where their boundaries are to not offend mm, possibly i mean that's maybe giving people quite a lot of credit well i'm trying to be generous <laughs> because the thing is in the us and maybe because the us has a more open um less politically correct more crass culture i think in in certain ways and how they conduct public life I, I don't think any american will ask you if you're particularly religious unless you're in a very kind of urban elite like group in a kind of group of with with a very urban elite group of people that are about to have a conversation about some sort of anti-religious or joke that they've seen on family guy and they <laughs> want to know if it's, it's okay with you but i think here in the uk the word religious has is a very um has a lot of connotations a very weighty word right there's a, there's a lot in that and I, and I find it very interesting to unpack i mean as someone who's kind of been all over the place in, in ghana i grew up in ghana which is a very openly religious country i mean you know the, the, the basically like 99 of the population are religious whether they are muslim the the you know the muslim north or the christian south they're very openly religious um and there's a there's a harmony there actually in in kind of its open religiousness um it's one of the few countries that have been blessed with kind of very low to very little to no religious interreligious conflict and then you get to the us where people are very openly how they are whether it's in either extreme extreme left extreme right you know extreme, very devout not very devout you know i think america american culture is more suited to kind of political extremes right it, it, it pushes the envelope and then it comes back and then it pushes that's how it is the the cycles work in more kind of extremes and then in the uk we're, we're more it's just a generally more conservative society but it's it's quite a paradox because it's it's conservative in that it doesn't want to it, it keeps a very strict distinction between the public and the private in certain things i i often said the only values the only kind of almost quasi-religious um, institution that the West defends, like its life depends on it, is anything to do with LGBT something. Mm -hmm. 
that's the only thing that is defended like and it's just seen as a given and it's defended to like and i'm just i, I don't care but i find it curious mm. because there's so many things like does your sexuality define who you are is that is that your summit is that the sum of who you are as a person i mean i thought it was you know your background where you, you come from how you speak the things you're interested in your values all of that and i think we've boiled it down to you know your sexuality and your gender identity is so important and i feel like no one's ever asked why Seriously, like why? Why does your gender need to be affirmed? What the hell? This is why people don't invite you back. <laughs> no, but genuinely, who cares? Who has ever died because their gender hasn't been affirmed? And I know that sounds really like, you know, blunt, but it's true. And and then and then obviously, if you talk about gender information, you, you kind of go into, okay, how do you know when gender has been adequately affirmed? What's the metric, yeah. right? What happens if you don't? Where is the, the precedent to be, being set of the, the dangers of not affirming someone's gender? What is the difference between gender identity and personality? Which, which I find very little. I mm. think there's an extreme overlap. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you're probably right that there is an, an, a, a massive overlap. I don't know. I think it's like there's probably a, a bunch of different things going on. Mm. It's like a. It's probably. I think, and you can disagree with me. It's like humans will always worship something, mm. like whether whether it is like you know the god who died on the cross, or yeah. whether it's Buddha, or <laughs> like whether it's uh, Muhammad, or whether it's um you know the spice girls <laughs> or <laughs> yeah you know like celebrity or or whether it's uh yeah the 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 woke ideology for for lack of a better term yeah this like yeah identity politics like something is gonna be people's religion hmm. and they will that yeah, there's like it's almost like humans need something that they can hold up as like the ideals in their life that they don't have to figure out personally themselves. It's like because they can't. Because, here's the rules. Mm. Like go for it. <laughs> because they can't. Because human humans are so fickle and fragile. I mean, if you think about how many times in a day you have thoughts or your mood changes or you you think, oh, I want to do this, but then you're like, oh, I can't be bothered. Human beings are very volatile and fragile and very fickle, and I think that. We always have to have an ideal to aspire to. I think on a societal level, it's probably more important than on a personal level. Well, even though I don't, I don't um, discount how important it is on a personal level. Um, <clears throat> I think it's easier to regulate on a personal level. I think it's less easy to regulate on a societal level. Um, I, I, I think you're completely spot on. I think human beings will always be drawn to some sort of religious worship, which is why when people ask me, "Are you religious?" and I'm like, "Okay, about what." Do you know what I mean? Because you really can make that argument. I've I've met more, should I say, religious atheists than I would say religious kind of Christians or Muslims <laughs> or whatever. Because anything you hold up as an ideal can become a religion in and of itself. And I, I, I was even looking at the definition. How would you define a religion, right? Um, how would you just define it as faith? Because I think then everyone is in a way has a religion because we all have faith in something, right? But then I was looking, I was reading this, this this writing by this rabbi and he was saying that religion is anything that that requires religiosity from its followers or from its adherents. And so I was like, okay, what is religiosity? And there are many facets to it. One, obviously faith, but two, action, um, which is ironic because there's a, there's a saying in the Bible, um, 
faith without action is meaning meaningless so especially in you know in judaism there's a huge emphasis on on action so there's this idea that if you um look at a woman with lust for instance you haven't you haven't committed a sin but if you act on it that's when you've committed a sin so everything is very action-based that's how you you express your devotion to that religion it's action-based and then you have other religions like in christianity for instance that's more faith-based you have to have faith in in sort of the teachings of, of jesus for instance and act in accordingly but it, it's rooted in faith and then you have islam which is kind of a mix of both um and so it's it's there the are many aspects to what religion religiosity is but then if you look at any a lot of modern um ideologies you can see that they're actually in and of themselves religions right this idea of virtue signaling and and, and showing your devotion to a particular ideology that's a form of religiosity because you you're, you're you have faith clearly you're acting on it um you you get together in sort of public it's 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 uh an an idea or a set of ideas that requires some sort of fellowship some sort of you know group grouping together and, and discussing it so that's those are the three tenets and i forgot the fourth one um uh, mainly faith action um fellowship i think those are the three core ones and i think there's something else but if you look if you look at it from that perspective anything that requires faith action and fellowship and to an extent i suppose to a set of ideals higher ideals than yourself that you don't necessarily have to physically see which is the whole kind of basis of any religion you don't necessarily see unless you're talking about you know physically worshiping idols but even then you have a belief that the idols have more power than they are that's a religion so i think you know if with with us without without understand with understanding that effectively we have to think about what that means on a societal level and what that means when we have many people effectively being religious to various things various ideals um you know what does that mean for the homogeneity of a society which actually matters i think the homogeneity of a society in terms of its values is a more robust metric of actually um indicating the the, the stability of that society than say the physical homogeneity so you can say like in sweden for instance they all look the same because they all like sort of all nordic countries they all kind of have relatively ethnically homogenous societies but if you had a situation where they were sort of ethnically homogenous but they all had very very different views they all had very different religions they all had very different values is that a society that's worth emulating you you would see that it's a more, it's a more unstable society um so these are the kind of things that I kind of ruminate over. I think when I when I talk to people about religion, they often say that I don't, this is the, the most, and I can literally list like 10 cliches that I often hear. And I just, I get bored because I'm like, this is not someone that I can have in any kind of intellectual ping pong with. Um, they'll be like, oh, I don't need a book or a set of rules to tell me how to be a good person or how to live properly. That's usually the first one. Um, <laughs> I don't need to believe in some carpenter that was given birth to by a virgin to be a good person. That's usually another one. Or the kind of mocking the, um, the, the absurdities or the what they consider inconsistencies in religion. Or they will say, um, religion is all about power and control and it's caused the deaths of so many people. And then I'm like, okay, are you referring to Abrahamic religions? Because that's usually where, where it goes to. They just talk about Abrahamic religions. They'll talk about either Islam, if they're bold enough, they, they would say Islam or, you know, to an extent Judaism or Christianity. And then I'll remind them of the Aztecs and how they were um, effectively sacrificing children to the sun god. Mm -hmm. And then like, that's not an Abrahamic religion. Yeah, but it's still a religion. I was like, okay, um, do you not think that things have been done, acts of evil have been done in, in the name of something that you would not consider religion? Or you know, what is your conception of religion? It's actually very weighted, and I, I and I give them an example. I said, look, um, in in history, in um, well, back in the day, 
or way back in the day, it was common a practice in the Igbo tribe in Nigeria to sacrifice twins because they believed that one was born good and one was born bad and you didn't know which one. So they had to murder them both. Right. right. Okay. And that that's that's based on, you know, that's based on kind of their um well AT we call it ATR, but it's basically African traditional religion and it's it's it, it's so fragmented. I mean there's so many different societies within African societies that you know you can't have one African traditional religion. But it was basically the set of beliefs that they held at that time. And I I would think, would you consider that a religion? And to what extent was that would that overlap with culture, mm. right? And then if you go down that route, can you say, can you then argue that some cultures are better than others? Which I believe. I believe that some cultures are inherently better than others, right? But you can't say that because then it flies in the face of tolerance and diversity is our strength. And, um, I don't think anyone disagrees that like, like the free West is better than Hitler's Germany. Like, I don't, I don't think there's any, like, do, do you know what I mean? There's, there's. There's to like... an extent, though, I think I think that's a, because that, but that's an example that everyone can identify with. Because Hitler's Germany is like you when you picture Hitler's Germany, what do you see? The the, the mass murder of mm, millions of like Jews and and yeah, Roman yeah. Egyptians. But would you? I I find and maybe this is a particular subset of 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 Western society. There is a fervent defense of just Islam in general. Mm. And I say this is someone with loads of Muslim friends, and I, you know. I, I understand the religion probably better than most because I had studied and all of that. But I'm like, okay, so they will say, for instance, that, and this is something that I've noticed with the particular, maybe let's just say radical Western feminists. They will say, they, they will be angry that new, new NYPD won't let them walk around topless, um, even though they let men walk around topless because they're like, you're sexualizing our breasts, free the nipple campaign, woo. Um, but then they will m remain eerily silent on societies or if this is not just, you know, unique to Islamic societies, but I'm just using it as an example that like, for instance, the Taliban that won't let girls go to school mm -hmm. or, you know, they won't, uh, you have societies that will not let you uh, walk around without a hijab on, like in Iran, for instance. And I, I find there's such a weird paradox with these people because I'm like, why wouldn't you expend more of your energy on those causes? Because one, you know, you can't even go to those societies dressed the way that you are walking around topless, forget about it. But also I think it's, 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 it's uncomfortable for them because they just want to be seen as it's like compassion on steroids, mm. which which then kind of leans into the completely illogical and 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 stupid and to an extent barbaric. Mm. They just want to be seen as open and loving and accepting of everyone and tolerant. Woo! And this is the progressive life, all that. And it's like, do you possess any form of? Do you possess the ability to think critically? You have to be able to have these robust discussions because you have to be able to draw a line somewhere, right? Do you want to draw a line at, okay, female empowerment is you should be able to walk around topless or it should be, you should be able to choose what you want, which means that if someone chooses or if a woman chooses to stay at home and raise her kids or, you know, things that may not necessarily fit into the idea of female empowerment, you have to stay mute on it. And it's, it's, it's a weird battle that I find um, within the Western feminist ideology anyway. And I, I find it curious because I, I don't think that uh, the their thought process has evolved to even consider these these possibilities or these, these these paradoxes that they have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I get in trouble every time I talk about this sort of stuff. Because people are like, "Oh, you're just a white guy," um, you know. Mm. But um, like, straight white guy. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't have an opinion. You know? Yeah. Check your privilege, me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, but uh, yeah, you know, saving that, let's just go hurtling on straight into the middle of it. Um, there's the, the the one of the most stunning statistics I think I'd ever seen was it's something like it's more than half of like British Muslims mm -hmm. thought that the Charlie Hebdo killings were fine. Mm. And that just really, I was just like, hang on. So there's like a really fundamental difference in what like what like a lot of religions believe should be acceptable within our society. And Which then begs the questions, are those individuals compatible with the society that they live in? Yeah. And we can't have those conversations. Yeah, that's that's the that's the concerning bit for me, because it's not like I'm saying, oh, you know, we should just like throw them all out or, you mm. know, like, fuck them, like, let's go to war or like, you know, <laughs> or these and people. You can't throw them all out, actually. <laughs> no, <laughs> Logistically, well, that's a nightmare. Yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> and it's also inhumane. Um, yeah. But I think the yeah. thing is. <laughs> as a caveat, you know. Well, yeah, you know, just probably don't want to do that. Just. <laughs> mass abuse of people's human yeah. rights but it's worth um, talking about it's like a yeah. thing it's like right okay so in the society that we went to live in in britain mm. we're meant to be like open tolerant and accepting um and we generally although i think some people are wavering on this agreed that there was like a set of like rights and freedoms that mm. we should all have mm -hmm. you know expression etc um and it seems like there's at least part of our society that isn't compatible with that but because it's grounded in like re religiosity or like religious, like faith-based discussions, mm -hmm. like to challenge the idea that that isn't acceptable worldview is is to like attempt to undermine someone, to undermine like the entire faith itself. Yeah. It's like to criticize this one, like one aspect of it that you, you think is wrong and doesn't like fit with the way that, you know, I'd say most people think the country should run yeah is to then be incredibly intolerant at the same time so, so. i think it's because we've created this hierarchy of of like preferences right or we've created this idea that it's okay to be crass and pejorative about one religion over another mm. and that's it's not something that's just create that that's happened in a vacuum. It's because of the genuine consequences. You're not going to stand in the middle of Luton and wear an F Muhammad T-shirt. You get your face. Long, you'll get yeah. your face kicked in, like without without question, right? And you certainly probably won't do the same about some sort of you know F Ganesh T-shirt in some in, cent in central Birmingham, right? But it has become commonplace to mock Jesus and, and Christianity and the Bible and all of that. And you have to question, and I'm not saying that the answer to that is knock someone's face in for mocking the Bible or for Jesus or asking critical questions, right? Obviously the answer is being able to open up public debate to rigorously kind of discuss all religions and all faith-based systems and all, all, all his values and all of that. That's, I think that's what, part of being enlightened means, right? Being part of the enlightened West. Um, so obviously that is the answer, to open up the discussion to as many people as possible and as, uh, to as many topics as possible and having a rigorous debate. Um, obviously we can have within that conversations about what's just outright crass right so if i if i wanted to have a conversation about the values and the merits of each faith-based system will it be in my benefit or does it benefit anyone for me to wear an f muhammad t-shirt obviously not that's not to say that what happened with charlie hebdo was was not grotesque and evil but i guess that's also there's a boundary of what's but that's just common courtesy and i think the extent to which that should even hamper our discussions of these topics should also be discussed because sometimes it's just it's not just 
you know, some people might some think something is crass, but it's like, no, no, no. Within the context of discussion, it's appropriate, right? So we should even have that conversation. Where are the boundaries of, you know, politeness and, and decency and us and you know i think in in the u.s for instance the, the, the boundaries are on the extremes because they're just a very open society in that way you know freedom of speech still means a lot to them mm. um but i guess in 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 the in europe in the uk and france for instance our tolerance for certain public displays of just kind of um distasteful things is is a lot is a lot less yeah um i i just i find it i i i don't know I think it's difficult because everyone just assumes that unless they ask you, are you religious, mm. right? They just assume that mocking the Bible and Christianity is fair game. And there's a difference between mocking and asking genuine questions, right? Of course you want to ask genuine questions like how can a snake talk to a human being or, you know, how can a virgin give birth to, to a baby? Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. these are genuine questions and you can ask that. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious the extent to which you can ask the same robust questions about Islam, for instance, and the 77 virgins when you go to heaven. And it's like, why would you assume that someone wants 77 virgins when they go to like, why would you assume that's just heaven? Because I'm assuming 77 virgins were like 18 year old, you know, Malibu girls being like, Seven. oh my God, like, I feel like that I would, that would be my hell. <laughs> that would be my. <laughs> Can you imagine the cruel irony of. of that would be my of, personal like, hell. Islamic God. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 77, 18 year old, like Malibu bitches. Oh my God. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I've just got this. I've got this thing in my head. This is like this like Muslim dude like rocks up to heaven. Yeah, um, and in my like... head it's still you know clouds, pearly gates. I yeah, don't know yeah. what, what Isla Islamic heaven looks like, but like mm. he like uh, they, there's like a cloud cloud looking building, and he gets in the door, and he's like, oh, time, time for time for my reward. Yeah, and time for the thing I've been. And you would think for. it would be like a bubble bath, but it's like no, like these women in, in like why I'm like, where's my ring? Oh my god. Abdul, why did you bring me that goat? Like, that was my favorite camel. And like, just 77 whinging young women. And I just think, I'm in hell. Life I am in hell. <laughs> I can't get any reception. How am I meant to post my selfie? And you know like, what I mean? I, I'm sorry. That's just what my imagination goes there. But that, that would be my personal. Anyway, but I think there's a difference between asking. I mean, I had this conversation um, with my boyfriend last week. And I said, um, you know, we were talking about, he was asking questions about like the Bible and stuff like that. And he was Adam and Eve and all that. And I, and I love having those discussions actually. And I was saying that my interpretation of it is, oh, we were talking about evolution, right? We we're talking about evolution and creationism. And I was like, you know, I was telling him that I had a biology GCC teacher who said that she believes that they work hand in hand and simultaneously. So, and, and I was telling him, I, I believe that our conception or our understanding of, you know, seven days, God created this and stuff like that our seven days, what we consider in a day, doesn't necessarily have to be God's conception of a day, right? Mm -hmm. It could be thousands of years. It could be whatever. I mean, even, you know, light years to, to normal years are completely different. Why can't that be the case? And I, and I often, and I was making the case that, you know, in my head, and I'm, he, he was like, you're very airy fairy. And I was like, look, I like to think about things. I'm very, I can live in my head for ages. I'm, my imagination run, runs wild. But I say, I think a lot of these things are metaphorical. Mm. And I think that our conception of, of things doesn't necessarily have to be God's conceptions of things. And I think, so when you when you take it in that framework, you know, we're like a virgin giving birth to a kid, like get real now. But if you look at it from the perspective of our understanding of it and how we conceptualize it and our, and our, 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 under, our thinking of what is possible doesn't necessarily have to line up with what God's thinking is possible. Because in the Bible it also says with God, all things are possible. And I was like, and it's at that point where you really just have to make the decision. Are you going to have faith, which is just believe it and then, see where it takes you go from there or are you just going to be like no no it's impossible and then keep moving either way i, I don't mind but it's 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 one or the other right and 
I, I find that one of the most compelling arguments I've seen for people saying, are you religious or are you a Christian or are you Muslim or whatever? They say that I act like I think it's true, mm-hmm. which is basically what it is, right? That's really what it is. If you are a follower of religion, you act like you think it's true. And then you think, okay, and then what, right? And it's like, then you just see your life unravel. It really is that. If you leave your house knowing that you could get hit by a bus, but you still choose to leave your house, you're taking a leap of faith. And it has to be the same. Seriously, it has to be the same thing. You you take a leap of faith in virtually everything that you do. And if you're going to have a discussion about any sort of religion, you have to have that same open-mindedness and effectively willingness to take that leap of faith right and it's not about setting a time limit you got you you can't you can't be like oh yeah i'm gonna take the leap of faith and believe that you know god sent his only son and i'm gonna believe the teachings of jesus and all of that and i'm gonna do it for a week and see what happens mm. i don't think that works that way because that's not really a leap of faith that's conditional on that's like like you're daring okay i dare you in this week to do something that makes me believe that it should be okay and usually that comes from having discussions with people seeing people's lives that have have you you admire or have you know uh, i suppose you you want to emulate because they've taken that leap of faith and you're just like okay how did you do it and you're like okay i'm just going to take that leap of faith and i'm just going to act like it's true it'll be sound crazy i'm going to sit in my car and just be like okay i'm going to have a conversation with you god i could be talking to myself but i think i'm talking to you at least i really want to um thanks the sun was out today i'm thankful for you know i have two legs two arms there's food in my fridge there's water flowing from my tap there's electricity i'm just going to be grateful for the basic things and be like thank you and just like take it a step like that because i know it feels crazy but that's really how i i approach religious religion and faith because i feel like there's no other way to do it yes it's funny to have like watch book of mormon and like have laughs about you know religion whatever religion it is right i i think i i i love satire i think you know part of the spice of life is being able to take the mickey out of yourselves but if you're having a serious conversation about exploring faith and spirituality and religion and kind of looking for meaning in life outside of yourself or outside of the immediate distractions that you have watching a netflix series or listening to a podcast or writing a book or whatever thing things people do to find themselves right then there really has to be that genuine open vulnerable conversation about just taking the leap of faith Mm -hmm. that's literally it and it doesn't have to be something that it doesn't have to be very public um it can be something that evolves it can be something that you're just at least open to that when you when you when you hear about it your automatic reaction isn't to mock someone like that or when you see like that black priest in oxford street saying you go to hell if you don't believe your automatic reaction isn't to mock him you can just be like mate you're making noise like you can't do this somewhere else like you know what i mean i think i wonder how i always wonder how many people those guys are converting yeah uh, zero precisely <laughs> zero um but yeah it takes yeah it takes faith and i suppose to an extent humility because it also takes the willingness to accept that you don't know it all. And I'm not saying that I mean atheists or people that are irreligious that say they know it all, of course. Um, I mean- I do. I'm Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but that's a very small subset. Most of the atheists, atheists that I meet will say they're spiritual. They're spiritual, oh my God, yeah, whatever that means. Or they will say that they 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 are open or they understand or they believe that there's some sort of higher power, they just don't know what it is. And I, and I think most people, most, most people, are there mm. that's where most people find themselves they 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 believe that there's something higher than themselves because they just can't explain it and i often say that the big bang theory doesn't do anything for me i just think that there's too much magnificence in in the universe in nature to, to think it all came about by because of a cosmic fart effectively mm. oh well there's there's i spoke to a guy on the show um a jewish rabbi who was an mit physicist mm. and he believes that the big bang and genesis is exactly what is described in the creation of the universe like story in the bible 
he thinks that they all line up beautifully and that if you include the red shift in your calculations that the 14 billion years basically mm -hmm. to the start of humanity from the beginning of the conceptualized universe is the seven days if you account for how fast the the light particles would see it and he he looks i mean that's a yeah. very forensic and clinical way of looking at it <laughs> i think mine is mine is mine is that but for dummies mm. mine is that Jew, that that jewish rabbis <laughs> mit's mit professor's theory but f dumbed down which is i don't believe that our conception of time is god's conception of time mm. i don't think that everything that happens in creationism according to the bible is literally as we would understand it i think you know, if you make room, and again, I'm just talking about Christian theology here. Mm -hmm. If you make room for the fact that in the gospel, it said, with God, all things are possible. You have to make room for the fact that you don't understand things the way that God does. Mm -hmm. And again, it's a leap of faith, right? It can take some people years to get to that point. Um, I, I, I've met people that are, they're like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not a religious person. And I feel like the older people get, the more open they are to it. I feel like, no, seriously, the, yeah. old, the, the older, I, the people that I've met that are more open to it are, older people that have had things happen in their lives that like they just can't explain it and they're just like or they they believe that there's something higher they, they're absolutely convinced there's a higher power but they 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 either can't be bothered to explore it, explore it past that or they're just kind of satisfied being where they are because they don't sound crazy to people or whatever yeah. I mean, but what, i've sorry the closer someone gets to the closer someone gets to the possibility of meeting their maker, I think the more they're suddenly like, oh, yeah. well, I mean, what if I'm wrong? And he does exist or they do exist. I mean, is it because of the consequence? I don't know. I don't, but, I don't know if, well, it's, if it's a fear of like going to hell. I don't think that really motivates very many I people. I don't think it's fear of going to hell. It's like, what, what do they say? There's no there's no atheists on in a, a foxhole. Yeah, on a sinking ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and I get, like I get it. All of a sudden you just go... Okay, so that you're not so atheistic that like. But it's because you know. <laughs> we all have a we have such a deep need and drive for something more. It's absolutely the case. We have we have a deep need to aim for an ideal that we we believe in that that we feel is our propelling force. What is that drive that tells someone to keep pushing when they're drowning in the ocean and they don't know anything, but they just keep? You know what I mean? There is a there is a, a deep need. Anyway, so this guy that I was talking to, this he was I think in his sixties or seventies. But he was saying that, um, you know, I believe you're here for a reason. I believe that everything that you've done up until this point is for a reason, all of that. He, he genuinely believes that there is some force that puts you where you need to be at the time that you need to be there. And I was like, you sound more religious than I do. <laughs> but then I, I think, but why are you more open to it than other people? And it's because, you know, life really does teach you lessons. Like, I, I, sometimes I find myself worrying so much about things. I mean... I, I used to be such a warrior, especially in the uh, over the, like three or four years ago. That was my thing. Esther was the warrior. I was always sitting there pensive, thinking, "What if this doesn't work out? What if I don't get this job?" I was always, I always felt like I was kind of one decision away from complete ruin or from complete collapse. And then I see my life three, two, three years on, and I think it all worked out. Did it work out because I was just you know diligent, or I, I suddenly you know, develop the character to keep moving or I, I won the lot. What 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 was it? What what is what was it that brought me to this point? And you know, some people can credit themselves. They can be like Snoop Dogg, I wanna thank myself. I love Snoop Dogg by the way. I just bought his cookbook. It's, it's fantastic. I kid you not. Um Is there any baking in it? Uh, yes, there is. Uh a lot. Um but it's <laughs> <laughs> it's you know you we want to think that it's because of our hard work or because we're just that great or whatever. But I think 
we give ourselves too much credit. We're actually not very, human beings are not that remarkable in the sense that, you know, we we can make the sun rise or mm. the sunset or we can, you know, make rain fall from the sky or whatever. We, we are very good at observing it. That's the beauty of science. But I don't think we're good at actually, you know, creating the wonders of the world. So this is why I was thinking, I'm not that great. I haven't really done anything that special. What has brought me to this point? What 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 took me through all of those things? And I just think sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith and be like, look, I'm exactly where I need to be. I'll get to where I need to be. Obviously, I'm going to have worries about how to pay the bills and all of that. But I choose to focus on a higher meaning. And I think that's what propels me. And it also allows me to kind of ignore the mundane stuff of life. Like sometimes I find myself scrolling on Instagram, which is a low IQ app, or doing things or looking for a distraction when I'm driving in the car, I need music or podcasts or whatever. But how often do I just sit there I don't know, in my room or in the park on a nice sunny day and just say, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm really grateful for what I have now. I'm, I'm content. I'm at peace. Come what may, I've had a good run up until this point. I don't think many people often do that. No? I think, I think many, when I, I've told, I said this to my friend once and she was completely shocked. I was like, you know what? If I died tomorrow, I'd be like, I've had a good run. And she was like, what? You're 27, are you crazy? Da, 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 da. And I'm not, I'm not saying I want to die or whatever, but I'm just, I'm at peace. Not because I'm surrounded by the latest gadgets or the latest, I don't know, I'm, I'm going on the show, or I'm doing this podcast or whatever, like, you know, all the material stuff. But because I have enough to sustain me, I'm in relatively good health. I have friends and family that I love. And there's just this, I have just this innate sense of gratitude. Even if, even if let's say I wasn't in good health or whatever, or something happened, yeah, it would suck. But I just, I always find something to be grateful for. And I, and I think because of that, I just think that's it. Life, life, ultimately life is meaningless. Yeah. Or, well, I mean, that's, that's very much a subjective point of view. Depends. Well, like, the toils, well, the toils of life. I mean, that's what King Solomon said, isn't yeah. he? The wisest king. He, he, I mean, this is also a man who had thousands of concubines so how wise was he to yeah. be dealing with loads of women not very wise in my opinion because women are stressful um <laughs> but i i see what i see what he means so well i don't know I, how much how, you know, how many orgasms can you have as a man before you're just like Phew, it's about to fall off you know yeah, but, i just <laughs> maybe he had like the most extreme form of post-nut clarity mm. that a man has ever ever achieved. and he had to keep ex experiencing that mm. by having okay i can understand that that's good that's a good point um but yeah seriously every like toil is meaningless like if you think about when you wake up in the morning and you shower and you put on clothes you know you're going to do the same thing the next day you know when you clean your kitchen it's going to get dirty you're going to do it again well you know you're doing these things to maintain life but mm. ultimately they are still meaningless Mm, I'm going to completely disagree with you. I am reading this fantastic book right here, mm -hmm. Deep Work by Cal okay. Newport. Um, mm -hmm. Highly recommend his work. Okay. Great guy. Anyway, and he believes that, so basically the, the, the concept of the book is that like people don't go deep anymore on things. We're all too distracted. Mm -hmm. um, emails, instant messaging, social media, everything is constantly distracting us. No one spends two hours focusing solely on one thing. Anymore, yeah, of course. Right? It's very difficult because and we're always being pulled in different directions. TikTok, which is the, the mm. most detrimental app ever. Yeah. You know, seven seconds, Vine, all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, I completely yeah. agree with that. And he argues that in, so he, he, he lays out the case, like the the sort of economic monetary case for mm -hmm. why you would want to go deep on things because it provides more value. It's more like rewarding mm -hmm. mentally. 
um, then like she, he calls it deep work instead of shallow work, like responding to emails and that sort of bullshit. Thing. That's not. That's actually. That's not negating my point at all. No, it's, actually, no, no, it's actually supporting it. What he says is that mm-hmm. like if you choose to like he, he gives the example of like a carpenter mm-hmm. who is finding um, who's taking this piece of wood and crafting it into something beautiful. Yeah, and the 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 actual like each individual stroke upon the wood whether he's shaving a little bit off or sanding a little bit round or each individual thing by itself is completely meaningless Mm. it's like this one tiny little action but it's the the focus and the fact that he grants attention and credence to this thing that he's focusing focusing on in this time to create something beautiful to occupy his time and that gives it meaning well yeah because it's something that has utility it can be in service of himself or of others that doesn't negate my point though because at the end of the day i mean if you're arguing about what gives life meaning Mm. of course duty and sacrifice and living in service of something bigger than yourself like a community like a family all of that yes that gives life meaning meaning but toil actual toil is meaningless and so that that's that's so if you think about it changing a nappy for instance it's it's meaningless in the sense that we could be hit by a meteor and therefore it doesn't matter how many nappies you have to change but the act of doing it in service of of this baby this thing outside of yourself that's what gives life meaning and so that's what we're always looking for this completely buttresses the point and i think it's an excellent book in the sense that we can't focus on anything because we're always constantly distracted and I think, and we're constantly, so you have to think, why are we constantly distracted? It's because we're always chasing something, right? We're always, you know, there's always this shiny thing that can promise us some sort of hit of dopamine, like Instagram, where you can see a big booty pic of some woman with comical proportions of a derriere or something, right? But ultimately, we're searching for something meaningful, something to give us, you know, a sense of purpose, right? And that's usually found outside outside of ourselves. Um, or something in service to something that's not us, right? Or to something higher or higher power, whatever. And that comes in many forms. I mean, a fulfilling life for a carpenter is completely different for a fulfilling, from a fulfilling life for a, a chef, mm. right? Or for a broadcaster or for, I don't know, an actor or whatever. Um, so it's about finding that. But, you know, that's just one aspect of, of, of what gives your life meaning, what you do in your day-to-day, your professional life, I suppose. Um, I, I always say that I need balance in my life. I need everything to be in balance. And people think, oh, but if you go hard, if you if you get aggressive with your career here, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, I need balance. Mm-hmm. I will do what I do and I'll try and do it well and I'll always try and improve, but I'm not going to sacrifice that. I'm not going, I'm not willing to sacrifice my, my mental or physical health for for that for the economic for the professional for the kind of reputation no i'm not willing to do that everything needs to be in balance right i'm 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 at the age where i'm like okay i want to settle down have a family kids all of that and people are like oh, are you crazy your career is going so well and i'm like no i need balance mm-hmm. this feeling this egging feeling of, of family and husband and kids is only going to get worse the older that i get i know because i've been feeling this way for the last i think once once i once i turned 24 something switched in me i know um something i just something snapped and i was like this is what i want and it's been getting progressively worse year on year i'm not willing to sacrifice easing that feeling because of more money in my bank account or because i have a more prestigious career everything needs to be balanced it's like when people say oh don't you want to travel don't you want to take some time off to travel before you have kids blah 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 i'm like kids are not going to be the reason why i don't get to travel i might have to delay it but i don't think life is about choices i'm i i have to 
I have to make choices that I can live with. I can't live with delaying having kids and and hopefully meeting someone to have kids and all of, all of that, getting married and all of that. I I'm not willing. I am not willing to delay that for career. Yeah. Right. That's not a choice I'm willing to live with. Some people are, and that's fine. You have to know your boundaries. You have to know what you can live with. You have to know what opportunity costs are worth it. I can still travel in my 40s and 50s. Will I be crippled? And even if I am, I'll go to places with wheelchair access. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just, I just, I think when people make this- Hover wheelchair. You know what I mean? I'm, By that time, they should have them. Yeah. Or, rege- you know, regenerative cell medicine should have gotten good enough to Get regenerate back. like a new pair of legs. I an don't- Iron Man suit. Thank you. Or Catwoman, who I love. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that because you've 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 had kids or because you've made certain decisions, you you have to stop living or you you put your ambitions on hold. I pole dance, right? I love to pole dance. I'd, one day I'd love to compete. I don't have to compete now. I don't have to stop pole dancing now. Mm. I can I can do it after my first or second kid. Like you know what I mean? Life is, I we we in a way that in a way it's quite weird. People think they're liberated, but in a way they put so many limitations on themselves. Mm. We put so many limitations on ourselves to think you have to do everything these things in your 20s and then delay it to your 30s. I'm like, do you think you'll be blessed to meet the person that you want to share your life with after you've finished all of that stuff? That's that's a very naive thought. Yeah, I've been having a lot of arguments with female friends of mine about the exact topic. And I yeah. keep telling them basically what you've just said, <laughs> that like, it's about, it's about a choice that we have to make that you can live with. Yeah. People not, forget that. It's not even that. Bit. It's like the there's this weird thing. And it's interesting to say that you've not fallen prey to this, but there's this thing that that like young women come out with. And this is not like slanderous in any way to mm. any of them. I no, love all don't, of you. don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to someone with zero boundaries, so um I don't care. I don't think you're gonna get offended. It's the comment section. Mm, okay. <laughs> Or some of these things will get taken out of context someday, or I'll get, you know, it'll be 30 years down the line and I'll be getting cancelled because of this. Don't worry. So you haven't been cancelled before, you haven't truly lived. No, that's true. Well, I mean, (laughs) I've I've managed to avoid cancellation and um, YouTube bans somehow over Mm. over 300 episodes. So um, long may it continue. But yeah, I I see this, this idea where, like, they'll say to me, Oh, right. You know, I'd be like, okay, so like, what do you want ultimately? Like, do you want like the husband, the kids, um, the, the chilled out lifestyle, like where, you, you know, he goes maybe off and does the work or maybe like, maybe it's a joint thing. You're both working, but you know, you, you have like this future coherent unit mm-hmm. and idea that you want. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'd like, like a husband and, you know, maybe some kids and they were, okay. So what are you doing? I'd be like, oh, 25 to 30. And I'd be like, okay. So, so like, yeah, what are you doing in your life? to get to that stage mm. like like i don't know like, i've had to have this conversation myself it's like right okay josh you want to you want the wife like you gotta be husband material yeah basically it's like you gotta be in a position where you can't have a wife without being a husband That's yeah, right. yeah you got you gotta be in a position and where vice you're... versa do we tell women you have to be a wife to find your husband yeah and this mm. is what i said and i'm like right okay so what do you what are you doing to make yourself into the person who is most likely to achieve that goal. Yeah. Like, oh, well, no, I'm, I'm focusing on my career right now. And then, you know, in a few years, and I'm always like, you do realize why like- Why do you assume that you would have the privilege of meeting that person? Like, why do you assume that you have the privilege of putting off when you meet that person? Do you know what I mean? I find it, we don't treat a husband or wife like it's something valuable. Mm. He who findeth, sorry, yeah. He who findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Mm. We don't treat it like that anymore. It's it's like, do you know 
first of all who, what makes you think you're still going to be desirable to that person that you want at, at that point in your life but also do you know what a treasure and gem that is you can always get work experience you can always you can always go back to your career you can you can do anything that involves you taking action and putting in the work you can't always choose when you meet someone that is literally you can call it whatever you can call it the universe or fate or, or you know like love spiritual connection you can call it anything you want why do they always sound dumber with it <laughs> <laughs> right i'm sorry i'm not doing it on purpose but you know what i mean but you 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 can't control that with a human being you can't control that with like when when like you know passing like, a man with blue dreadlocks in front of a certain station you can't control that mm. right why not prime and live your life in expectation of that in preparation of that um i i think i mean i get told i'm being too serious whenever i have this yeah, it's just, I think, are you a child or a misogynist i get oh, i yeah. get too serious Mr. or i get myself i think the too serious one is a big problem because i think we have i don't know i think particularly men women but i think it's more probably acute with women that are not in tuned with how difficult life is um and how much how many sacrifices you're going to have to make, how a lot of the time you're just going to have to suck up and do it. There's no, you know, participation trophy for just being an adult and getting on with it. Mm. I don't think we have those conversations. We're always, you know, the new religion is hedonism. Mm. And I'm not saying this as someone who doesn't enjoy to ha like having a good time or whatever. But then, uh, if you speak to anyone, and you can count on your hand, like out of 10 people that you speak to, you can count up probably about half of them. Whenever you talk to someone, they're like, what do you want in life? What's your goal? I want to be happy. I want to have a happy life. You Nine times out of 10, whenever I talk to people about what do you want, it's like, oh, they can say like, they have an ambition to become a manager of this or to do this. And it's like, but ultimately I just want to be happy. And I'm like, what a low IQ goal. And I'm not saying that to be horrible to you. Mm -hmm. This is the red pill, right? This is me dropping some red pills. But it's like, it's such, it's a low IQ goal. Because happiness is fleeting. Mm. Cherish it when you have moments of happiness, but you're looking, what you want out of life is to have fulfillment and purpose. Mm. And sometimes that comes with sacrifices. Sometimes you have to, you know, take time off work to, to take care of your child. But it's like, there'll be nothing that's more fulfilling. Is it always going to be happy? Of course not, especially when this brat is screaming at three in the morning. You're just like, do I deserve this? Do I deserve this? But it's, <laughs> but, 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 it's 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 a higher it's a higher calling i don't see why people say oh i just want to be happy and they say it with a straight face i'm like do you i'm not trying to sound condescending but every time someone says that i just look at them and i'm like oh my ancestors are rolling in their graves because my ancestors were like they weren't trying to be happy they were trying to get from point a to point b without being bitten by a poisonous snake and dying in the west african like jungle what do you think of it like i don't know what do you think means that especially Maybe it's not just young women. Maybe I'm being unfair here. But there's a lot of people who haven't ever, ever, ever thought seriously about like what they actually want. They'd be like, oh, I want my career. And then... Especially at the um, level of detail. A uh, trip to Dubai. Dubai. And then maybe I can buy uh, a flat in like Stockwell yeah. when I'm like 40 and I can decorate it by myself. And then like maybe I can have a kid at 42. At 42, you want children. That seems... Because it's, it's not just like a... A judgment thing is it's like a biologically more difficult thing we're just not serious we're yeah. not we're, we're not here's this is this is the the, the very few men are going to be like at 45 picking a 42 year old woman that are going right yeah. she's the one time to have kids like that's that's not happening yeah that's no we're, we're not we're not a serious society <laughs> we're not a serious society and the 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 
the younger people are getting less and less serious because they don't have to deal with you know serious issues like war you can take an 18 year old from 1943 that's far more serious about life mm. than an 18 year old today far more serious they think about life at the level at a level of detail they think how am i going to get from point a to point b not i would like to i need to know that i need to put in 40 hours a week to save this much to meet this person to do all of this i need to i need to know like you know in traditional societies if i want to marry someone i need to know that i have some sort of skill in the game i need some stock so i i work I work, you know, for how many years to, 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 to own a flat. I mean, in China, for instance, you can't get married unless you own property. No, no, girl, no woman's family will take you seriously. Right. And it's, really? and it's, there's like a it's reason, just, there's a like reason for that because it's, it, because that shows that you, you've thought about what life you want, not just wishful thinking, but you've thought about it on a practical mm. level and a level of detail, because it doesn't take a genius to say, okay, you want kids, where the hell are you going to put them? It's not a difficult question. Well, they're not very big. How much space yeah, can it take? But you know what I mean? What kind of, what quality of life do you want them to have? You know, I've often said that when I have kids, I'm going to, they're going to spend at least like three months in the village in Ghana every year. Not because I'm trying to torture them, but because I want them to get used to, a, well, I want them to have different experiences, but I also want them to get used to a life that's not about material stuff. That's not clouded with the next Xbox this or TikTok that. I want them to get used to waking up, fetching your water, going to bathe, thinking of what to cook, what do you need to get from the market? What do you need to get from the farm? Living a very easy life. And I and I say this because I'm like, I would do that. I could do that. I, sometimes I want to do that. And, I, and I, I'm so appreciative of the the experiences that I, my parents gave me because I, I realized how distracted we are. Like the book says, we're distracted. We don't go into anything level. We don't go into anything at a level of detail that it requires, but also it's making us very unhappy because we don't have a clear goal. My dad always says, you know, life is not complicated. Human beings complicated. That's the difference. Life is not complicated. So far as you can get, you have the basic things that you need in life to exist and survive. Just be grateful for that. And then the next, the next thing will, 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 you know, the next kind of goal or purpose or something you should be orienting yourself to will show itself. Sometimes you, you don't, even ha it doesn't even have to show itself in a flashlight. Sometimes you're like, oh, I actually want to do this. or I want to do this to help this person, to, 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 to help my community, to help my family, all of that. But we, 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 we're not doing that because we keep getting distracted. Life is not complicated. Human beings have complicated it. Mm. And I think people that can really get in touch with that and understand how to slow things down, slow their minds down, focus on the basics, really understand what aspects of their life they could be getting better on a basic level. It could be the quality of food you're consuming, how much exercise you're doing, you know, where you're living. Have you decorated your house with plants? Are you getting enough oxygen? All of that. I think that makes people a lot happier. I think once they realize that, and this, this is why like when the wealthy become really wealthy, especially in Hollywood and stuff like that, they're like, I only eat organic eggs. Or Gwyneth Paltrow, I only sell vagina scented candles. Or they they just become hippies that buy you know a lot a castle farm in Wyoming and like oh my god I love the outdoors. It's not because they're rocket scientists or it's not because they're trying to be pretentious or whatever, because they've realized they have it all, and they're still not happy. This is why Hollywood is a cesspit of addiction and pornography and 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 sex abuse, pedophiles, all of that. What is you need you need to focus on the bigger picture. What is more than the, the material stuff? What is more to is there more to you than just the material stuff? And I think once people get a handle on that, it really doesn't matter. Sort of. Yeah. Well, these are the people at least with the the financial resources to give themselves that. Well, yeah, but I also think you know, when I say life is about choices, you you have to make the choice. How much do you really need to be happy? For some people, that's a lot. Mm. I 
for some people and especially men that i meet it's a lot not because not for themselves not because they want to wear a lot of men i know don't care about designer stuff not because they want to wear dior and hugo boss and all decked out and rolex and stuff like that because they want to give their family the absolute best mm. that's why they want it i i personally don't really need that much to be very happy that's not to say i don't like nice stuff mm. i don't like designer stuff but i like it in the sense that i like fashion i like colors i like to look nice i like to look polished something like that that's what it is and you don't have to do that you don't need a lot of money to do that no but you it's you have to make the choice you have to decide what do i really need to be happy how am i going to get how am i going to aim towards that ideal right how am i going to live a life that's balanced that if i get hit by a bus tomorrow i can say at least i've had a good ride and most people can't say that because they're so they would if you say uh, if you got hit by a bus tomorrow how would you like what would you think about it they'd be like oh i i wish i did this or i missed out on this or i feel like i didn't maximize this they would they would have regrets in the sense that they didn't make the most of their time and you just have to say you have to ask them why what is it what are you looking for what do you expect to feel once you get this thing mm. i find that that i had that sort of thought during covid because i was just like fucking hell right if this is it if this is the free world mm. done if this were finished like right mid middle of deep lockdown sucks. thoughts i was just like do you know what i think i've just i don't think i could die unhappy i've, I've done a lot of things mm. i i i don't see a place in my life in which i could have done more than i did yeah and i think that's probably what what led me to the yeah, being like, yeah, okay, if this is it, I, I, you know, don't regret anything. I've had a good run. Yeah, yeah that's been all right. It's all right. I mean, yeah. what, yeah, 27 good years. Um, like, <laughs> um, but to, to sort of bring this wonderfully full circle, mm. um, we're talking about, about people needing to make this choice and decide, you know, what the, the ultimate goal of their life is. And, like, you, you could make a lot of arguments that that guidance is what religion or a religious community at the church would have provided to people that they're perhaps missing now mm. like just off the top of my head there's like the 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 abraham story which mm. is about you know like stop sitting around doing fuck all yeah you know in your parents basement you know no no girl just mm. like sitting not doing anything. there's like go out and uh experience the world go out and conquer yeah, yeah go out and conquer yeah go out and and see what tragedies life has in uh, in store for you and mm -hmm. then you know face them straight straight and on be better and be a better man for it yeah and like do you think that the do you think that the reason that this that we have this like loss of purpose because you know prior it would have been which is a very like judeo-christian thing there's just like settle down get married have kids because mm -hmm. you know go forth and or be fruitful and multiply yeah, yeah, you know yeah. there's there's a lot of like guidance in the teachings that would have laid out like rules or like where like the 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 suggested ways in which one could live a meaningful life mm -hmm. and do you think that we've now lost that because of the loss of religion or am i just drawing things that aren't there no i think that's true uh, i think the loss of religion and it's created a vacuum and in its place you kind of have these distractions the social medias and the the modern ideologies the lgbt whatever stuff all these things have kind of come to fill in the vacuum and you have people that are really once they get past a certain point they're like but this isn't doing it for me there's still i'm always looking for more it's this deep hunger i don't think the idea of necessarily saying get married have kids 
I mean, I don't think necessarily it's easily attainable because obviously there's a housing crisis and people are wondering how can I afford it? Where am I going to put it? The kid and all of that, which I get. But on its face, it's not a necessarily bad thing to suggest because there are many lessons in that form of self-sacrifice. Um, and then obviously you bring in all the nuances of dating in the 21st century, mm -hmm. the just the headaches and the hurdles, the ghosting, the all of that. And we have so, you know, back in the day, it was just such an honor and a blessing that you would meet someone that would pick you to be the mother and father of their children mm -hmm. and to build a life with you and to have that. It was, so, you were so grateful for that because you realize that, you know, that's not, you've gotten to that stage where you're worthy of that, uh, men and women. And, you know, you know, life will come with its challenges, but at least you have this kind of robust infrastructure to try and, and, and get through it. Now it's like, he needs to have a six pack, six figure income. He needs to have six inches in the pants. He needs to be six feet tall. He needs to be six months out of a relationship. He needs to do all of this. And then on the, on the guy's side, guys are even less demanding. So I'll, 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 you know, I'll be a bit kind of like, double D boobs, nice fat ass long hair Brazilian weave all of these things and it's just like but for this... men that's honestly I think that's most men that's talk it's like you see if you're kind of pretty and <laughs> and you listen to us that's that's like that's, yeah and she that's, makes that's me coffee the in the morning and makes like, me a makes, sandwich makes me coffee in the morning uh kind of pretty listens to me when mm. I talk and yeah good cook would probably be there yeah, you see like... if you're a woman and you have those four things going for you like, oh, the fifth and most not crazy. Not I, crazy. I think I think most men don't know how to choose a woman that can handle life, mm. that can deal with life. I mean, a woman that's not going to break down. But oh, this is so much stress. It's not good for my mental health at every like turn. Every <laughs> no, a serious woman. Most men don't know how to find or identify a serious woman. And I and I'm not being facetious. I'm I'm serious. Like a woman that's been like, okay, that's life, or you know that happens, or cool, calm, not crazy, knows how to to speak in a ladylike respectful way that is, is, is your refuge like you're not scared to tell you know i had a shitty day at work or i'm thinking of changing jobs because you know and this is a woman that's like your comfort that's a serious woman because she knows that life is not easy right she is like i don't know she's she absorbs some of the, the pain of the daily life there's something about the the feminine and the female imperative that's beautiful and powerful in that way anyway um, so you add that in and it's, it's genuinely a minefield. How, minefield, how do you find that? Right. So it's not just about, you know, finding someone that would honor you enough to make you the mother or father of their children and, and their wife and, 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 and swear a vow to stand by you and have a sense of duty and service to you and to your life that you're building together and all of that. Even finding someone to go on a bloody date with is difficult. Oh yeah. The bunda's not fat in it. I want a bunda like Priti Patel. And I'm just thinking to myself, what? life is it's just, I, 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 they're just not serious people out there and i'm not i'm not saying life is difficult to <clears throat> to discourage people or to make people think what's the point of trying it's it's actually it should be a call to action because you know life is difficult but you can do it and you can get through it and you can live a fulfilled and decent and sometimes happy life mm. that 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 should be your ideal that should be your goal so i think you know obviously there's it's wrapped up in obviously a much larger meaning of, you know, people having families and what is society building and community and communitarianism and all of that. But I think at its base level, telling people to get married and, and have kids, I think that's, it's an avenue to being able to explore the most fulfilling aspects of life. Yeah. Like, honestly, say, saying that to people, though, is, is you get such weird looks, man. Because we're not serious. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, I think that, man, I was watching this thing and it was a clip of, of Shaq. Um, mm. And he was just like, he said, 
say you were in a car accident, right? Mm -hmm. Ladies. He was like, ladies, say you're in a car accident. Okay. okay? And your pussy is, is is broke. It's broken beyond repair. You can't get a transplant. That's I wasn't like, expecting that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just like it's broke. You you ain't you ain't got. It's just not there. You can't use it. It's done, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. So say your man's not gonna break up with you for like probably like a month, right? Because you know you gotta give them the the one month. Like you know you can't break up with them immediately after that injury. Okay. What are you doing to keep your man? Yeah, for some some women that's like a complete like yeah, yeah. I can see what I'm doing. Yeah, but but like the shouts from the the crowd were basically yeah. just like I'm gonna suck his dick, and then you know like and he was just like ladies, you all just reduce yourselves to a set of holes, like yeah, you're the ones. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones. They're, none they're of them the ones said, doing you know, like, it. Look after him. None of them said you know yeah. I'll be a great mother. I know none exactly. I know exactly what I would do because it's what you should be doing ninety percent of the time anyway. Seriously, and I'm I I that. That anyway, it's not. It shouldn't even phase uh, anyway, any decent. We're not serious. We're not a serious society. No. Um, I think one of the things as well that this is where conservatives. This is how conservatives lost the culture war a bit. They're so uncool. They're so nerd. You go to any conservative conference, you meet these Tory boys. Oh god, and they try and hit on you. Oh my god, I love me a chocolate Beyonce, and I'm like, I will swat oh you. Oh my god, I will swat the, you with they my shoes. Actually, use that as like a serious. I'm not even. Like, let's let's not talk about. It. But anyway, but they're just uncool. Like. I feel you have these conservatives being like, yeah, get married, stay married. And, you know, they're so off-putting to most modern people because they don't speak people's languages. They don't recognize the difficulty. They don't talk about how to put yourself above the issues that most people have, right? How to be like, okay, people are struggling with meeting, you know, young, dateable girls, but how can you be above that? How can you maximize your chances? We don't speak on a practical level, right? Conservatives, and there, there's so many contradictions. Like, they're like, oh, yeah. I've met genuine people that are like, I'm conservative through and through, blue and blue, blue Tory, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't want to have kids. And they're like in their 40s and they're proud. It's like, yeah, it's my choice. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I don't have an issue with that, but there's uh, and there's inconsistency in our, your ideology. And it's like, what? And I was like, well, as someone who works at a care home, you will be relying on people who could be bothered to have kids to then take care of you in your old age in one form or another. Like, yeah, but I can just pray for private care. I was like, you're missing my point. Someone needs to be phys physically exist to provide your private care. And you will likely have an immigrant's child like myself wiping your crusty booty at 7 a.m. in the morning, which is what I did for months. And they're like, oh, so, you, you know, and then they'll, go, they'll 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 take this roundabout route, which annoys the hell out of me. And they'll be like, you shouldn't just have kids because you want someone to take care of you when you're older. I was like, no, you shouldn't because you could be a cunt and raise your child in a terrible way and they wouldn't want to touch you, which is what I've also seen as well. But you don't just have friends to have someone to call when you your car's busted on the motorway. But it's certainly helpful, mm. right? You know what I'm saying is don't just have kids to ha have someone take care of you. And you're, you know that's not what I'm saying. I, I'm telling you to have kids because, well, I'm not telling you, but I'm saying it's good to have kids because it's a fulfilling experience. It's what give life's meaning, gives life meaning you learn a lot more about yourself and stuff like that but you also have the added benefit of having contributed to the society in the form of a productive member of society and therefore when someone else has contributed to society by raising a productive member of society you there's a give and take so you're not just relying on someone else's child to take care of you when you've lived a life of complete hedonism where you didn't think gosh why shouldn't i raise a child to take care of someone to be a doctor or to be a, a you know a, a fire a plumber or whatever right and conservatives miss this point. And it's so it's it's so asinine. And I, I, I generally don't understand it because they haven't thought about their lives at a level of detail. I'm like, you're just as unserious as the liberals you take the mickey out of. Mm. 
right? People that take their lives seriously, that think about their lives, what their lives look like at a level of detail, don't open their mouths and say stupid things like, I don't want to have a kid, it's just does thing to take care of me. I've known people that have had kids that don't want anything to do. I took care of a lady who was who was in late stage dementia. I used to go to her flat and it smelled like urine. I couldn't be there for more than 15 minutes. I had to tell her to uh, help, help her change her pad because she didn't like to wear her pad. So she'd urinate all over the place. She was in late stage dementia. Her kids were in different parts of the country and they did not want to know. And the nursing home kept saying, we need you to okay this specialist, this dementia specialist to, to approve her case to then move her to a different facility because we don't offer the services that she needs. You have this woman effectively being humiliated in her 80s, urinating on herself. She's you know she basically can't survive by herself that could very very well be you but that is why you should have a you should have children with 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 the idea in mind that you're not going to raise kids that are going to resent you enough to leave you as a demented age something you're urinating yourself all over the place right that should be your answer it shouldn't be i don't want to have kids because i don't want someone i don't want to have someone who who will just abandon me or just responsibility no it should you should, your goal should be in having kids to raise someone that's not going to do that to you mm. Yeah. Uh, it could still happen. You could still raise a complete ingrate, right? It could still happen. But the chances of that are so small, yeah. so minuscule. Mm. Especially if you raise your kid in a culture that values family. Mm. Yeah. Want to win the culture war? Have more based kids. Well, yeah. I, have like, more, <laughs> I mean, I just think everyone needs to be more serious. And I think it's very easy to get distracted, to be that young 20-something-year-old kid, young boy, eating Cheetos and playing video games all day and just, you know, wanking to porn and just thinking women are too much effort. I'll bother when I'm 30 and I have more resources because all women want our money or you're a young 20 something year old guy, girl kind of basically getting through as many penises as possible being like, yeah, feed the nipple. Oh yeah. Right. Like I'm it, liberated. Yeah. It's, it's easy. It's easy for us to distract ourselves. Right. And because of the way society is structured now, we can distract ourselves for longer and longer because we can say, Oh, I don't have enough money to buy a house. So I'd rather just go to Amsterdam and get, get high. Right. We have, we have, we have more enough, more, more and more distractions to allow ourselves to not take life as seriously as we should. But then when you hit 38, 39, 40, especially as a woman, especially as a man, because men too have a, have a sense of urgency, you're going to sit there and think to myself, what have I really done? Right? Have all the, the things that I've done really been worth it? If I started to have kids five years ago and if I set my mind to it, set my mind to having kids, being married, being a, a good and faithful spouse, you know, all of that. Yeah, I might not be as wealthy, but would my life feel like it has more meaning? Would I feel like I have more things keeping me together than this voice in my head that's telling me to jump off Clifton Suspension Bridge? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go to the, an old folks home. Oh, my, I was, there's such a harrowing experience. what the most meaningful part of their life was. And I guarantee none of them will say the boys trip to Amsterdam. And none of them will say, oh, this project I, I was working on when I was 25. Yeah. None of them will say, some, none of them will say, oh, yeah, all those hoes I banged. Mm. Like, none of none them will, of them say, will remember, remember say, what they feel like. None of them will say, all oh, that dick I sucked. Like, none of them will say any of those things. Mm. Most of them will tell you it was their children. Yeah. I, I knew there was a lady whose flat I used to clean on the regular. She was such a clean freak. She wanted her flat clean once every week. No, twice a week. Twice a week. Uh, she always wanted me to do it because I was a bit meticulous and I, I think we, we got on well and she used to like like what I do. She used to see her family like either once a week or, or twice a week. She was so, I mean, and they'd fly in from Australia to see her, from Belgium, from the north of the country. She was so, she had this glow around her because she was always around her family. Mm. And I, I thought that's what makes life worth living. Now, whenever I talk about these things, I tell people, 
think about yourself and try and save yourself i know it's easy to be surrounded by this negativity in the media no one can have kids no one can date no one can do this yeah okay save yourself right because i think we've lost that as well people have uh, people take in a lot of kind of what they um they see in the media and just think yeah then that means that my chances are like next to zero or you need to save yourself you need to think how can i make the best out of my situation stop looking all to all over the place think am i fit am i attractive do i dress well can i speak to a woman am i some would i am i am i worthy of being someone's husband or worthy of being someone's wife am i crazy women stop being crazy someone needs to tell them right you need to save yourself i talk like this the simps will never tell them man oh yeah but well they never will and they don't they don't have girlfriends that tell them they're crazy i've had i have girlfriends that tell like we tell each other you're being crazy or we weren't raised i've had literally my girlfriend say we weren't raised that way Mm. seriously and it'll put you in check right you need to surround yourself with a tribe that's going to propel you forward i say all these things i've already saved myself i have 100 relatives in ghana i'm never gonna be lonely ever (laughs) ever my family looks like the set of black panther (laughs) i will never be lonely i will never be out of out of young people to be right i will never i will never have i have saved myself i have a job i have a career i have skills I, I'm, I've, I've tried to, my, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm orienting myself on the path that I, I, I want to, to, to be on with family and kids and all that. You need to save yourself, right? If I was on the Titanic and I'm like women and kids first, yes, please, I would save myself. Oh yes, if I was a man, I'm a transgender, I'm saving myself. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. So you need to save yourself. You need to stop thinking negatively and thinking all I see is sort of how impossible it is in the media. And you just, you need to be. You need to go at it with a single-mindedness that that borders on 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 lunacy. Mm. You need to be so aggressive and so ferocious and go after what you want with a single-mindedness because no one is coming to save you. No. Yeah. No. Well, that seems like a beautiful place to end things. <laughs> um, single-mindedness. Uh, you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> save save yourself. Oh save my yourself. gosh! Save yourself. Save yourself. Well this beautiful um community focused podcast mm. will come to <laughs> save yourself people save yourself uh, but yeah esther is there anyone you plug before we, before um, we wrap up can you watch me on talk tv sky australia um i do bits and bobs here and there catch my writing and uh the mirror the mirror the daily express usually daily mail the sun telegraph sometimes yeah just Follow me on Twitter, Esther K underscore K, because I never want to go, never wanted to go on Twitter in the first place. So my Twitter <laughs> handle's not great, but yeah. Oh well, here we are. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, thanks very much. Thank you. Hey everyone, thanks for making it right the way to the end of the podcast. I love that you tuned in this long. Do me a favor, hit subscribe because eighty percent of you bastards are not subscribing, but you're watching my videos. See you next time.